Good morning, everybody. It's good to see everyone. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Samach Bez in Maseches Psachim. But we'll start with the last line of Samach Aleph from Bez, Amar of Ashi, Ella Amar of Ashi. Before Andrew gets trigger happy with his turning the page finger, we'll just reorient ourselves because we're in the middle of, uh, of something. But really, it's, uh, it, there is a little bit of a, of a fresh little starting point here. First, let's just discuss, what's our topic? Let's reorient. Psule carbonos, right? The mission was talking about different ways that carbonos can be puzzles. So we talked about the concept of shinui bailim. You have the kavana, right, that I'm shechting this not for me, but for someone else. We talked about the idea of shinui kodesh. You have the concept of, I have kavana that this Carbon Pesach is a shlamim, or vice versa. Okay, then our Mishnah talked about the Carbon Pesach in particular. Psulish, right? Psulim when you're shechting it, shalola ochlov, right? You're shechting it, and you have kavana to exclude anybody who can eat it. We're talking about not a mixture, but exclude everybody who could eat it, or to shinuyleminuyav in regards to the Carbon Pesach. There has to be a minion sign up, right? An outdoor minion sign up. So yeah, you're shechting it for the kavana that nobody that signed up in the chabura. You're not shechting it for them. Or le'arelim, or letmeim. These are right things that are unique to the Karm Pesach. That an RL, somebody who's uncircumcised, or somebody's tummy can't um, be involved in the Karm Pesach. So now. Samach Aleph Amud Beis in the very top, Shachtu Lemolin, which is not, we're not going to read the Amud Beis of Samach Aleph, but it started with a rare case. And that's where we pick up. The entire Samach Aleph Amud Beis was an analysis of a Machlokis, Rabba and Ravchista. Okay? And the case is a unique case as follows. The case was, Shachtu, this is the very first line on the top of Samach Aleph Amud Beis. Shachtu Lemolin, Almanashi Skaprubo, Arelin Bizrika. Such an unusual, interesting case, right? We say that you can't shecht for the, right, for having the circumcised, the uncircumcised in mind, right? You can't shecht for arelim in mind. What if you have it shechting in mind that the shechita stage of what you're doing in the Karm Pesach is going to be for people who have gotten a bris milah? On the condition that later on, when you do, as we discussed, the procedure of, of Karbanas, when you do the Zrikas Hadam, I have everybody in mind, I have the, not everybody in mind, I have the, only the Arelim in mind. Like, they're gonna get a Kapar from the Zrikas Hadam. Whatever you were thinking when you made this, uh, declaration, this was the declaration you made. So, again, if you break it down, Londis, I guess, the Shechita component was Lemolin, which is okay. But it was on the condition that a later stage of the carbon would be for Aurelim, which is not okay. So is that kosher? Is that puzzle? So if Chista said it was puzzle, and Rabba said it was kosher. And the whole Samachal from Beis is talking about a Pshat, um, which interestingly enough, Rabba himself gave. And now the very last line is Ela Amar Ravashi. What is the machlokas of Chista and Rabba? The Pshat is involved. It is, ends up being challenged by Ravashi over here, Matkifla uh, Ravashi, because of a Xeris Akasav, which in itself is a fascinating, striking Xeris Akasav. It, it gives what the art school, I never saw this in the art school before. The, the consequence of that Xeris Akasav is 
uh, an interpretation which Artscroll says involves the uncomfortable necessity of saying that the Bryce's words refer to some other matter. <laughs> you know, so this is, this got, um, this got involved, and again, the idea that Rabbah himself gave an interpretation, now Ravashi is giving another interpretation, is, is uh, also discussed over here. So there, there, there was some action that was missed yesterday um, when I uh, didn't have the opportunity to, to uh, say it over. But be that as it may, we now are, as we said, in a fresh new spot here because we have Rav Ashi's explanation, which we're going to get into, of the Machlokas of Chista and Rabbah. So again, Rav Chista says that if you shecht, for the case of Molin, it's puzzle, and Rabbah says it's kosher. As we turn and arrive at They are arguing about the interpretation of the following puzzle. Okay. Right, so the pasuk says, What is the topic of this pasuk? It's talking about zrika. Now, when you do the avoda of zrika, it basically teaches you that you can't have shinui bialim by zrika, right? Because it says, with regards to the avoda of zrika, alav v'lochavero. You see that? That when you do the zrika, this is in the first. This is the fourth part pasuk in all of Ayikra. When you do the zrika, you have to do it alav velo chaver. What does alav velo chaver mean? So Rabba savar chavero dumya diday, mahu dvar kapara af chavero dvar kapara, which is to say, Rabba holds that right when you have an intention of a shinui balim, the shinui balim has to be somebody who's similar to him. It has to be just like. The Baal that you have intention to have a Shinoi Baalim with, right, is a Barkarpara, which means that he's been circumcised. Af Havero, right, then the person that you are excluding also has to be a Barkarpara. This is ironic. Do you see the irony? Because again, the idea here is like this. According to Rabbah, La Fuke Hai Aurel Delav Barkaparahu, says the Gemara. That according to Rabbah, Arelim, who don't have a bris milah are not a bar kapara, therefore they're not excluded in the pasuk, which means that if you had kavana for arelim to do the zrika for arelim, it would be, remember, what's shita's rabba? Rabba says it's kosher. Rabba says, basically, you're, you, uh, you might be familiar from last cycle of tznai al mashakos of Torah, right? That, it, that it's meaningless. In other words, it's meaningless to say I am going to have a shinui bailim. So this is part of why it's important to have the introduction. The, the, there is a psul here of shinui bailim. And the pasuk in Vayikra says that when it comes to zrika, that you can't have shinui bailim by zrika. You can't have a different person, right, uh, doing the zrika than what, than you had in mind for the shrita. However, that pasuk, according to Rabbah, is only excluding Barkaparas. It's only excluding people who are in the game, right? As opposed to Arelim, if your Kavana was that in the Zrika, I'm changing the Baal of this Korban from uh, a Barkapara, from a regular uh, 
you know, circumcised individual to somebody who was not able to have a bris milah, it's as if you did nothing. It's as if you didn't do shinui bailim because they're not bar kapar anyway. So it was like as if that was meaningless. So that's how this is learned. So therefore, what Ravashi is saying is that the machlokas, Rabba and Rav Chista is, the Rabba holds that when the Pasuk excluded, right, Shinui ba- and, and taught us that you can't have Shinui Balim, it was just excluding people who are, uh, had a, right, a bris milah. But Rav Chista says the Gemara, in contrast, Savar, Hai Arel Nami, that in Arel, is also excluded in that pasuk, and therefore, if you had kavana as you were shechting, that the zrika would be for the sake of a relim, then actually that would passel the korban. Why? Says Rav Chista, Kevin Devar Chiyuvahu Bar Kaparahu. An amazing, amazing idea that since he is in fact still chayev in Pesach. Now we're talking about Jews here. When we say arelim here, we're not talking about Arelim, like sometimes we refer to as non-Jews as Arelim by the fact that they don't have the mitzvah of bris milah. No. Here it's talking about somebody who could not have a bris milah uh, for whatever reason, a medical reason, or is for whatever reason a Jew that did not have a bris milah. Okay. So he has the chiyuv of Korban Pesach, right? And since he has the chiyuv of Korban Pesach, he must be included in this Pasuk. Why? An incredible idea. But if he wanted to, he could actually get a bris milah. And therefore, when the Pasuk is saying, the cutoff point, so to speak, isn't whether someone is an RL or not, but it's just whether someone has a chiyuv, korban pesach, or not. Right? And so the machlokas would be Jews who have a chiyuv, korban pesach, but do not have a bris milah. Where Rabbah would say, well, they're, the cutoff point is before that. They, they're Aurelim, they're excluded in the Pasuk. And Rav Chisa says, why? They're, they're, um, Mechuyiv in Korban Pesach, and they can go ahead and get a bris milah. Now, you could ask, well, what do you mean then go ahead and bris milah? When you had the Kavana, when you did the, the Karban, they didn't have a bris milah yet. So why are they excluded? So that's just an application of the idea of Hoel. It's just, However, you interpret the pasuk. In other words, it's what the pasuk is saying. The pasuk is saying they're not excluded because they have the potential, okay, to do the bris milah. Okay. So now the gemara is going to get into a fascinating irony. The fascinating irony is that Rav Chista here holds of the concept of hoel. Back to hoel. Hoel, as we know, literally means since. Okay. So it, but it, but it really is speaks to an idea of. We look at potential as opposed to facts on the ground. This is something that Andrew does not believe in. Andrew believes in the concept of show me the money. Show me the facts on the ground. He's a very practical individual. He doesn't like theoretical potentials, as well he likes it, but he likes to see those potentials actualized. Well, the irony is the Rav Chista here is holding a hoel and he's saying these people will potentially get circumcised. But here's the point. That in the classic um, application of Hoel, which is Hoel, the Orchim will come, right? Which we learn in Memvav already. The idea of whether you can cook on Yantiv, right? Uh, whether you can cook on Yantiv, that's on, right? For, for, for Chol, right? Let's say Yantiv is on Tuesday. Can you cook on Tuesday and later in the day? 
when you know that it's going to be Motzei Yantiv, so we said that the only reason we'd be able to be allowed to do so is maybe Orchim will come and the cooking that you're doing will be for these potential guests. Well, isn't it ironic that Rabbah does not hold of oil here, Rav Chisa holds of oil here. When it comes to that machlokis, the same machlokis of oil with regards to cooking on Yantiv, the oppositions are switched. Rabbah famously does hold of oil and Rav Chista does not. So the question is, which is it? Do you hold of oil or not? The machlokas of oil is flipped here as it is uh, relative to the classic case. Let's see this in the Gemara. Fun stuff, I promised you, Andrew. Umi isle le Chista ha'oil, there who holds of this potential of somebody getting a bris milah, really hold of hoil, Itmar, we said already, Amrim Vav, and then later, Maseches Beitza, maybe we learn it soon, Ha'ofa miyont of l'chol, person who, as we say, he bakes, okay, on Tuesday, which is yontiv for tomorrow. Rechista Amar Loke, Rechista says he's going to get malchus, and Rabba Amar ain't a loke. Rabba says it's okay. Why does Rabba say in a loke? Says the Gemara, Rabba Amar ain't a loke, Amrin and hoil vimikloile, orchim chazile. Hashtanami chazile, velo lucky, right? That you don't get Malkas because if the guests would arrive, it would be there for them and it would be fine that he, uh, that he baked for them. And therefore, even now, because of that potential arrival of guests, it's going to be okay and you're not going to get Malkas. This is a little bit of a discussion we're not going to get into about this penalty of Malkas versus the Rices versus the Rabbanon. It's, um, not for now. Uh, be that as may, Rav Chista Amar Loke. Rav Chista, in that case, even though in our case over here, of having the Aurel in mind, he says that he, he holds of Hoel in that classic case of baking on Yantiv, he says you get Malkus because Lo Amrin on Hoel, because we don't save Hoel. Okay. So therefore, which is it? So the Gemara is going to explain now how one could hold Hoel by one case and not by the other and vice versa. Acts follows. I can understand Rabbah, who does not hold of Hoel in the case of Arel, but does hold of Hoel in the classic case of baking on Yantiv. Right? Here in the case of Pesach, it's ready made, right? Um, in other words, the, uh, it, I'm sorry, the, the other way around. In the case of Pesach, right? He is a mechuser maisa, right? It's not only that you're waiting for actual guests to come. You have to see, for, you have to see from the perspective of the, of the baker. Okay. So let's say Barry's the baker. So Barry already baked, is already baking the stuff. Whether guests come or not is out of his control, but there's no additional maisa that Barry needs to do to bring the guests. In other words, we're not talking about, right, uh, necessarily a chiyuv to invite the guests still or to go out and get them. It was in a culture where guests come over to your house whether invited or uninvited. This is already happening, both, by the way, in Baltimore on Nachal Rusk. Uh, our house seems to always be filled uh, even as soon as people get vaccinated or, I, or have gotten, already gotten the um, virus, they, they seem to come celebrate over at our house. But be that as it may, so you, you never know when the guests are going to be coming. So that's not what we call mechusar meiser. That means that he's already ready made. He doesn't need to do anything. That's why Rabbah holds of Hoel, because that potential eventuality is at hand already. There's nothing more that needs to be done. But the reason why he doesn't hold that in the case of a person who's bringing the carbon is because there's not something that's going, that's just going to nat- naturally potentially take place. The potential needs to be 
right, sort of initiated with an actual act of bris milah. He's mechuser ma'isa. So that is a different kind of oil. You're not counting on something to happen. You're counting on somebody to do something. That's a different thing. That's already not just waiting for latent potential. That's something that a person, that, that requires a ma'isa. It's just an extra step. And that is why when it comes to anticipating orchim, since you don't have to do anything extra, so then we're going to already say that we're going to allow you rabbit holds of oil in that case. Whereas in the case of waiting for an RL to become a circumcised person, that's a different thing because you're not waiting for something that can happen organically. You're waiting for somebody to actually do something and that's called mechus or maisa. And in the case of mechus or maisa, Rabba does not go that far to hold of oil. That is... Pashit, right? The Gemara thinks why Rabbah would hold of one and not uh, would hold of oil in the classic case of cooking and not in our case. But why would why would Ruchista, who holds that oil is okay in the case of a person where you actually need him to circumcise himself, why would he not hold of oil when it comes to Orchim? So they're going to see, as the Gemara says, El Ruchista, Ruchista Kasha, Kasha on Ruchista himself. So the says the Gemara, Amri ki leis le rab, chista hoil lekula, but lechumra is le aha. The Rav Chista isn't really talking so much about lambdas. He just says, you know what? Meikar I didn't. I don't really hold of this idea of hoil. See, Rav Chista is coming out looking like Andrew here. We always thought that that, um, that Rav Chista was like Andrew because he doesn't hold of hoil when it comes to baking. Right, he wants to see facts on the ground. So we say, okay, Rav Chista, if you want to see facts on the ground, why are you allowing this RL? So he's saying, really, I'm not allowing this RL. But I'm just saying, Meikar, then I don't hold of oil. But you know what? Here, if you're going to hold of oil, then that's going to mean that I can have a Chumrah here. Because I'm going to say that if you had Kavana for Arelim to do the Zrika, I'm going to pass all your Korban. So, you know, I'm to, to hold up someone's potential and to save for a cooler to bring guests, that's potential. I want to see facts on the ground. I'm not going to hold it. But if you're going to say that I can ha- get a chumrah out of it, that'll take, right? Because at least you know, it'll be more, um, right? Because at least we'll, we'll, we'll be more careful uh, by doing so. And that's a really a fascinating idea that he's willing to take on this chumrah with regards to carbon Pesach. Uh, even there, you have um, a Tosfos here, Ki Leisle Lakula, that's pointing out that, you know, you're, you're sort of talking about the Dorises and how, how this concept can apply to the Dorises versus the Abundance, right? Just to take it on as a, as a Chumrah, Ayin Sham. But we do have a, uh, an agenda today, which is to try to finish as much of the Daf before Shabbos as we can. So I uh, highly recommend Iyun um, in that area as well. But that was the fascinating machlokas of Chista and Rabbah with regards to Hoel, uh, both in the case of the Zrika on behalf of Arelim, as well as in the case of the classic case, what we call of Hoel, of baking on Yantiv. Okay, so now we're 16 lines down on Samach Bezom and Aleph, and we're getting back to something that we discussed yesterday on Samach Aleph and Bez as follows. Amalei Marzutra Beri Derev Mari Laravina, Ketani Hoel Ve'orla Poselas Ve'tuma Poselas, Right, we had taught the following in the Brisa. We said that Orla is Paselis, and Tuma is Paselis when it comes to a Korban Pesach we're talking about. And then we said, Ma Tuma loss of a mixtas Tuma Kachol Tuma, Af Orla loss of mixtas Orla Kachol Orla. We just said, just like with regards to Tuma, if you have a partial Tuma 
uh, we don't passel the whole carbon. Similarly, if you have partial, right, orla, we don't passel the whole, what does partial orla mean? So now the Gemara is going to flesh this out, pun intended, I guess, not intended, fine. Pun not intended, and we're going to uh, discuss what exactly is this case. So as follows. Hi tuma hechi dummy. What do we mean when we say partial tumas? So we say ilema betumas gavri, right? If you say that you had, let's say, on your carbon sign up for the carbon pesach, some people were tame, some people were tahar. Okay, so that that umaylo asaba mixes tuma kechala tuma. So what does the brisa mean that it's not going to make it completely tuma? Because says the says the gemara diika abra chamisha gavri tmeim. The Arba Chamisha Gavre Tahorim, Lo Paslahut Meim, Le Tahorim. So you're going to say, what is this, a Chiddush? You're going to say that, let's say you had a Korban Pesach sign up, half the people were Tame. So what's the Chiddush here? That if half the people are in your, in your Chabura of a Korban Pesach are Tame, that the Korban Pesach isn't Pasal? So that's, uh, that should be obvious. And that should be obvious, Gabi Orla also. Right, says the Gemara, Gabi Arle Nami Halo Pasle. If half the people in your right Corbin Pesach registry were Arelim, that also wouldn't passel the Corbin. Why? Because we had in our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says explicitly that it's none. Lemulin Vilarelim Kasher. Remember, in our Mishnah it was only Pasle if it was only Lemulin. In other words, if you had in mind only Arelim or only Tmeim, that was the Lushan of our Mishnah. That that's when the Corbin Pesach was be Pasle. But you're allowed to have Mixed, a mixed crowd in your Korban Pesach Chabura, right? If you have it, La'arelim, and, right, and, and Lamulin, right? Or Latmeim and Latahorim. So then the fact that you have the Mulin and the Tahorim there makes it so that at least you can say that the Korban itself is good. That doesn't passel the Korban, right? This isn't like, um, having a little bit of treif in your kosher burger. This is, this isn't like having a kosher burger with bacon on it, Khalila, right? Where just having some treif passels it. This is a different dynamic. This is, you're shechting the korban pesach, and in order for the korban pesach to, for that shechita, and for that process to be kosher for the kosher people, so there have to be some kosher people there, some people who are tarred, some people who are gemalt. But to have some arelim and some tummy people, we know that that's okay. The Mishnah says it's beferish. So the question here is, why is it what what are we learning by saying that Orla and Tuma are comparable, right? It says, In other words, right, that we said that just like we know that Tuma obviously is okay, so too, by, by Mixus Tuma, so too it's okay by Mixus Orla. But the question is, both of those cases are equally obvious in our Mishnah. And therefore, what are we learning to Orla from Tumah that was obvious by Tumah and not obvious by Orla? That's what the Gemara is asking. So the Gemara, Ravina, answers, Ela betumas basar. Ah, it must be saying that it's not talking about, oh, some people are Tame and some people are, are Relim, because with regards to that, we already have a Beferish mission to say that that's okay. It must be referring to the Tumah of the meat. Aha. Now, once you say that the meat is tame, so that's a little different. Let's see how we can apply that, like this. What does it mean when it says that we didn't make a partial meat tuma, like a total tuma, like this? That if one of the limbs of the actual carbon Pesach became tame, then, all, then we can do, we can burn only the one that became tame, and the others... 
we can already eat. Birnbaum pointed out this can only really be true after you cut the pieces, right? Because after uh, if the animal's entirely intact and becomes tummy, then he assumes that it's, the whole thing's going to be tummy. But anyway, okay. Marzutra, in the meantime, challenges that possibility as follows. He says, but Mayu Kimta, wait a minute. What case are you talking about? But Tumas Basa, you're talking about Tumas of meat? Ema Sefa. Well, if that's the case, then the end of the Brisa says, Donin Davash Eina Noeg Bechol Azvachim. Has to be the, the Hemshech of that Brisa says that we, we are learning something about that idea, right? When we're talk, talking about the Arelim, that's not applicable to all Karbanos. Okay. Midavar she'ein anoeg v'chol azvachim. So darin davar she'ein anoeg v'chol azvachim. Midavar she'ein anoeg v'chol azvachim. Right? From something else, right? The Tumah, that's also not applicable to all Karbanas. In other words, right? The Hamshach of the Brisa is saying that we're learning a unique idea of carbon that's unique to carbon Pesach here. Well, Tumah is not an idea that's unique to carbon Pesach. Tumah's Basar is something that we deal with in the base of Mikdash every day. With all Karbanas, right? We're always careful with Tumah's Basar. So we say, right? And don't say that has to do with Zman, because that was the Hemshech of the Brysa, right? The Brysa was saying that the, normally, let's say you say, I'm going to bring a Korban Shlamim. So this, this was a big discussion yesterday where you said, right, the idea of Zman, that let's say you said you were going to bring a carbon Shlamim in June and you end up bringing the carbon Shlamim in July. So, well, nobody, nobody has a problem with that because there's no time stamp on it. But obviously the carbon Pesach has a very specific time stamp because there's a very specific time that you're supposed to be bringing it. So that's something that's ain't annoying because of Zvachim. So that's why you can't talk about time. So similarly, so similarly, but, but even though it's not noeg, right, even though it's typically not noeg, um, bechol, uh, even though it's not particularly, it's particular to the Korban Pesach, it still is something that is noeg bechol azvachim because they still are time specific. So even zman, we said, can't be a category because even zman is something that is considered so certainly Tuma is, says the Gemara. So Tuma, if we said the Tuma of meat, so the, of, of the right of the Basar, so then certainly that is Noeg Bechalazvachim as well. So again, this is just another way of saying this can't be uh, the topic. The topic can't be one of Tumas Basar because Tumas Basar is something that is really something that we are Noeg Bechalazvachim, meaning it's something that we're concerned in. Uh, every single carbon that had not become tummy. In other words, all I was saying with regards to the backdrop of the carbonos was that we were talking before about having kavana for a Pesach and Shlomim, Shlomim on Pesach, and there it seemed like Shlomim had a wider range. But we're saying even, even those carbonos is something, when you're talking about the timing of, of carbonos, is something that we're concerned about even within Shlomim and even within every carbon. But certainly Tumas Basar is something that's knowing for Every carbon, and we're looking to learn to something that isn't knowing for any carbon, that, that's something that's specific to carbon Pesach. Uh-huh. So if it's specific to carbon Pesach, it can't be Tumas Basa. Elapshita says the Gemara, but Tumas Gavri. Well, it's obvious that we're talking about Tumas Gavri. Umay ain't knowing because Vachim. And yet, if we're talking about Tumas Gavri, so then what does the Brisa mean when it says it's not knowing to call us Vachim? The following. The Yilu because Vachim are of a Tom Right, that we said that when it comes to regular karbanas, and this is actually, in fact, the halacha, 
right, that an Arl and a Tame are allowed, in fact, to bring Korbanos. But they're not allowed to bring a Korban Pesach, obviously. So therefore, it has to be Reisha Batumas Basa Vesefa Batumas Kavre. So you're going to say the only way that you're going to make it work, right, where you have to have something that is, again, we're learning something specific to Korban Pesach from something that's in generally true of all Korbanos. That's supposed to be the Chiddush of the structure of the Brisa. And so what are you going to say? That you're going to learn something for Tumas uh, Gavra, which is specific to Korban Pesach, from something which is Tumas Basar, which is applicable to all Korbanos. But you're going to say that the first part of the Brisa is talking about Tumas Basar, and then the second part of the Brisa is talking about Tumas Gavre. That seems to be an, uh, an unusual construction. But that is, in fact, the suggestion of, right, Ravina. So, so, so when Marzutra challenged him, Ravina answered, Amarle, in, yes, that's in fact the construction of the Brisa. So you're right. You're right that it's an unusual construction, but the first part is talking about Tumas Basar, and the second part is talking about Tumas Gavra, and that's how the Limud in the Brisa goes, right? And therefore, but what's the underlying consistent feature that is consistent throughout the Brisa is as follows. Amalei in shame Tuma Kaparech, because the Brisa is really just talking about Tuma. In other words, whether it starts off as Tumas um, Basar and ends up at Tumas Gavri, true that that's a little bit of a weird construction, but at the end of the day, it's still maintaining the same topic of Tuma throughout, from the beginning all the way through to the end of the Brisa, and therefore that topic is consistent, and Ravina is comfortable enough with that, saying that that Brisa reads straight. Okay. Now the Gemara is going to say a possible alternative answer to this. Maybe you're going to say, Seifanami Tumas Basar. Maybe the entire Brisa is in fact talking about Tumas Basar. And what does the Brisa mean when it says that you learn something that Eino Noeg Bechol Azvachim in the end? So we're going to say here like this, that even within Tumas Basar, there is something that's unique to Korban Pesach that is not applicable to other Korbanos, as follows. That when it comes to other Korbanos, it doesn't matter whether the Chalev or the Basar, right? Every piece of flesh has some fat on it, right? So it doesn't matter whether the Chalev becomes Tameh, or whether the buser becomes Tamei, Zorek has Adam, right? The Kohen is still going to throw the blood. In other words, um, you, you have to, right? You have to have all of it, right? If either some of the meat still remains or some of the Chalev still remains, you can still do the Zrik has Adam. You need to have both, right? Nitva, Chalev, Ubasar, Kayim, Zorek has Adam. Nitma basar v'chelav kaim ena zorikas es adam bepesach, right? So again, that in the case of a regular korban, if either the chelav or the basar gets tame, then you do the zrikas adam, right? Ve'ilu bepesach, but when it comes to korban pesach, again, nitma chelav v'basar kaim zorikas adam, nitma basar v'chelav kaim ena zorikas adam, which is to say that in the case of the korban pesach, there is a unique halacha, which is. If the basar, if the meat of the carbon pesach becomes tameh, and even if the chalev is intact, whereas in a normal carbon you would still be able to do the zrikas adam, by a carbon pesach you cannot do the zrikas adam. In order to do the zrikas adam by a carbon pesach, the meat has to not be tameh. Uh-huh. So we see, we see, we we maintain the idea of tumas of tumas basar. 
throughout the Brisa, and we have found something that's unique to Tumas Basar in the Brisa uh, over here that's unique to Karban Pesach. To which the Gemara asks, Mayu Kimta. Wait a minute. So what's the case you're talking about? But Tumas Basar, if you're going to say with Tuma of the meat, so Ema Seifa, so then the, rest, the Seifa sounds like this. Right? You were learning something, right, that has to do with an RL, right, for which there's no exception from something which there is an exception to the rule, which is having the intention, right, in the, in the wrong, having intention for the wrong Zman. But, but Truma, but, but Tuma, rather, isn't going to demonstrate anything, um, to the contrary, because, because there is an exception to the rule. In other words, the structure is supposed to be that you're supposed to learn Something where there's exception, arelim, from something where there is no exception. However, tuma, there is an exception. So bemai, so what kind of tuma is there an exception? So he says, e lema, as we turn to salvezamabez, if you're talking about the tumas basar, with tumas meat, so hecha hutra, when is the tuma of meat ever allowed? So then we go back to Tumas Gavri, El Pshita, but Tumas Gavri. Obviously, we're talking about Tumas of people, the Hecha Hutra Miklala. And where is the exception of the rule? But Sibor, in the case by a Korban Pesach over here, in the case where some of the Sibor became Tame, right, we're going to allow you to bring the Korban Pesach. So it turns out the Reisha Batumas Basar and Seifa Batumas Gavre. Okay, so then we go back to the original question. Are you going to say that the beginning of the Brice is talking about Tumas Basar and the Seifa is talking about the Tuma of the individuals? So Mark says the same answer he gave before. In yes, shame Tuma Kaparach. So you have to go back to the uh, answer that Ravina gave before, that the concept of Tuma is a common thread that goes throughout the Brice. And so we could start off by talking about Tumas Basar, and then smoothly transition into Tumas Kavra. It's a, it's better than starting with something right that's huch, that that's Hutra uh, Miklala and not Hutra Miklala. Okay, or uh, alternatively, the Baisema Kula Batumas Basar, the Hecha Hutra Batumas Pesach, right? Maybe it's all talking about Tumas Basar, and then when is it permitted? We're going to say Batumas Pesach. It has to do with Tumas Pesach. It's none because we learn. Right in a Mishnah that we will be learning in a few weeks, that Pesach haba betuma nechal betuma shaloba mitchilato ela lachila. Right, so we say that the case is that we know that Pesach actually can be brought even betuma and can be eaten betuma. So we see that that's the alternative way of understanding the brisa. What is this idea that you could eat the carbon Pesach betuma? It's because the idea of bringing carbon Pesach is in order to eat the meat. In other words, normally when you have karbonos, right, then the idea is you want to have the avoda, but the avoda of karbon pesach is the eating of the meat of the karbon pesach, which is why the Torah has an exception where it allows the pesach to be brought even if most of the people are tame. Okay? And so even though they're going to make the meat tame, we're going to let them eat. Wait a minute. So we have the question of what happened in Pesach Mitzrayim? that the people needed a Pesach Sheni. They said they couldn't eat it because they were tummy. That's an interesting question that uh, Rabari Leibowitz, the great Tafiomi master, deals with, and we are not going to deal with it. But the bottom line is that if some people are, are tar, then we are allowed them to bring, the, we allow the Korban Pesach to be brought, and we allow people to eat the Korban Pesach, 
even though some of the people are going to be Tame. And that is how we keep the Brisa consistent. Okay, so now we're seven lines down in Samach Beis and Beis. And we're going to understand, we're going to go back, right, to the idea of Hoel. So you might recall that Rav Chista said Hoel, right, that he likes the idea of Hoel in the case where it's going to lead to a Chumrah. That when it comes to a Chumrah, Hoel is okay. So says the Gemara, Masav Rav Huna Bereder of Yeshua. Okay, so we know that, by the way, do you know what kind of animal, since we're talking about, we're learning Pesachim, we're talking about the Garden Pesach, do you know what kind of animal the Pesach says could be used? A sheep or a goat. A or a goat, that's correct. Where did you learn it, Andrew? That's pretty good. Okay, but we call it a kid or a lamb, because it can't be a grown sheep and a goat, it has to be within the first year, right? It has to be one, uh, one year old. So... So that's interesting, right? You could bring either, we think like, it, oh, it could only be one kind of animal. No, it could be a sheep or a goat, but it really has to be a kid or a lamb because it has to be young. It has to be within the first year. Well, what if it's more than a year old? So let's see. Avrash Naso, what happened is, it was born, right? Uh, it was born on Purim. Let's say it was born this year, it was born today, okay? And you designated it as a carbon Pesach, but... You can't because, right, it's, it's going to be, it's not no longer going to be in its first year of life. So what's going on? Right? And now what do you do? The shechita was good. The time that you shechted it for carbon Pesach was good. But the animal was too old. So what's going to be the case? Let's see. Or you shechted other kinds of carbonus for the same, like the shame Pesach. And again, the time that you shechted it was proper. Unlike before we said you're shechting carbon Pesach in the middle of July. Here you're shechting other carbonus or a carbon Pesach that's over age, right? On the proper time, but it's an improper carbon. Rabbi Yezer Posel, Rabbi Yeshua Machshir. Rabbi Yeshua holds that this carbon is valid. Now again, it's not going to be valid as a Korban Pesach, right? Um, but it's still going to be considered a valid Korban, right? In other words, it's still going to count as a Korban. It's just not going to count as obviously as a Korban Pesach because it doesn't follow the parameters of a Korban Pesach. So the question is, if the Ezra is posted the Korban entirely, you're sure as Machshir. Why? Tervun is going to explain the issue here. Taima bismano. Okay. The reason that the Ezra holds that it's going to be, that it's going to be puzzle, Right, is Hashalob is mano kasher. Is because if you, is only because you shechted it at the time of a carbon pesach, right? But if you had shechted it, let's say, I don't know, three days before, prior to that, then it would be fine. It would be a fine carbon, right? Even if you said, um, let's say it was Purim and you're shechting this animal, it's already uh, over age, it would not be. A valid Korban Pesach, and why somebody would do this, I don't know. But if Purim and you're and you're saying, I'm, I'm saying, I'm doing this to shame Korban Pesach. Well, that's obviously ridiculous. It's not Erev Pesach. It's not this mine for the Korban Pesach, but it's still, it'll count as a Korban. It'll count, let's say, as a Shlomim. So the question is, Ve'amai. It's an unbelievable question. We're bringing it back to Ravchista's Hoel, guys. It says, Ve'amai. According to Ravchista, why should Rabbi Eliezer say that the Korban's kosher altogether? We say, name a hoil of his mano posa. We should say hoil. He, you know, now he's all of a sudden all about hoil as long as you can use it as a chumrah. 
He says, since if you shechted it on Erev Pesach and it had all the psulim that of, of, Erev, uh, of a korban that's supposed to be a proper korban Pesach, right? So again, if you're shechting a regular korban and the korban is like technically kosher, right? There's no mum in the animal. There's no physical inherent psul or any problem with the animal. The only problem is that you are declaring for some reason that's a korban Pesach and Tuesday in July. So we're going to say, just bring it as a shlamim, it's fine. The only thing that you said that was wrong was that you said it was a korban Pesach, but it'll count as a korban. That is what Rabbi Yezer holds. Uh, Rabbi Yezer says that, that, that it's puzzle, right? But uh, if you, only if you did it bismano, right? But if you did shalom bismano, it's, it sounds like he's going to say that it's kosher. Everybody they, they agrees that it's kosher. But why would you say that it's kosher if you're doing it in July? He says, you should say, since Rabbi Yezer holds that Bismano posel, right, that if you said this idea that it's a Korban Pesach on actual Pesach, now mind you, you're using an animal that's overage, or you're using something, right, you have some other psul in it. So certainly it's never going to count as a carbon Pesach. So since it's not going to count as a valid carbon Pesach, Shalob is Manonami Posel. So it should also not be, all right, it also should not count in its proper time. So in other words, since you hold, Hoel should work Lechumra, then you can wait. In other words, since you can wait to bring it, let's say you, you brought it on Purim. So since you could wait until Pesach to bring it, and if you had you waited until Pesach to bring it, everybody would agree that it would be, that it would be puzzle. So therefore, why is Rabbi Ezra going to say that it's okay when it's not brought in its proper time? In other words, according to Ephchista, why is Rabbi Ezra not employing this concept of hoil? L'chumrah. Wow. So Gemara says, Amar Papa, shiny hasam. That case of the Korban Pesach is different. The Amar Krava, Martem Zevach Pesachu. Well, we have Xerus Akasav. The Xerus Akasav says, this is the Korban Pesach. Hu behava yaso. The idea of who, Zevach Pesach, who, means it has to be with the following condition in mind. Lo hu l'shum achim, v'lo achim l'shmo, right? It can't be, you can't, uh, so we have this idea that you can't monkey around with this carbon Pesach. You can't bring the carbon Pesach, say that, oh no, this carbon Pesach is a shlamim. You, then you can't bring other carbonos like a carbon shlamim and say, this is the carbon Pesach. Bismana shehu pasu l'shum achim, achim p'sum l'shmo. In other words, that when it's the proper time, right, and it's carbon Pesach, and it, so if it's, car, if it's Erev Pesach, then it's going to be puzzle to bring the carbon Pesach and to say that it's a Shlamim, and it's going to be puzzle to give the Shlamim and say it's a Pesach. In other words, and this actually makes sense, on Erev Pesach, we're ever very sensitive to the Kavanah. But an Erev Pesach itself, we want to make sure that your intention is to bring a carbon Pesach. I think it was Rabbi Simon Wolf who pointed out that this was actually going on in the base of Mikdash. Uh, it should be happening this year, Bezat Hashem. That an Erev Pesach, not everybody's bringing carbon Pesach. A lot of people also bring carbon Shlomim on that day also. So you do have to keep it straight. And there's a Gzair Sakasav that you have to have the right intention to bring the carbon Pesach. That is on Erev Pesach where we're very sensitive to this. What, however, the rest of the year, Right, it wouldn't be puzzle. Right, shalom bismano shu kasher l'shem acher macherim kasherim l'shemel. Right, if you're saying if you're bringing a carbon on any other day of the year, so it's obvious that's not a carbon pesach. So then already this whole question, right, of whether you bring a shlomim for as a pesach or pesach shlomim, we're not sensitive to it anymore because it's irrelevant. It's not erev pesach. It's not, so in, it's going to be kasher because we are going to be less stickler about that specific designation. 
In other words, we're a stickler about bringing a Karm Pesach on Erev Pesach, which is the Zman of the Karm Pesach. But the rest of the year, we're not going to be um, as particular about it, and we're going to say that it's kosher. That is the explanation for why we don't use Hoel, why we're not adding extra Chumras the rest of the year, simply because we have Xeris Akasav to say that we're more concerned about this specifically on Erev Pesach. To that, we say a relevant story. Story time. So everybody showed up for story time. You're going to love this story. Okay. Rabbi Simlai wanted to develop a Kesher. You know, like you have to, when you want to develop a Kesher with a Rebbe, so you ask him like sometimes questions, right? Even if you didn't necessarily have the burning question, you're just trying to initiate an interaction. Who wouldn't want to initiate an interaction with Yochanan, the great Rebbe in Eretz Yisrael? So Rabbi Simlai is in, is in Israel for the year. He wants to develop a Kesher with Yochanan. So Amrlay Nisinli Mar Sefer Yuchsin. He said, I want to learn Sefer Yuchsin with you. Sefer Yuchsin was a Sefer that we don't have anymore. It's um, a collection of a whole bunch of explanations on, right, uh, on the Yuchsin of all the people and in, in explaining how people, families, right, uh, and the chronology and all the people's families developed. It sort of like also explains a lot of Psukim in context, okay? So it's just like a really involved kind of limud. And Rav Simlai thought that would be a really cool thing to learn with Rav Yochanan. So Rav Yochanan was trying to deflect him. So Amalei Mehechanad, he said, where are you from? So Amalei Milod, I'm, I'm from Lod. Okay, so Rav Yochanan asked, Vechan Mosavach. Okay, so that's where you're from. And where do you live now? So Amalei Ben right? So he was coming to Israel from the year from Naharda. So Amalei, so Rav Yochanan says to this young Right, brash Talmud who wants to have a chavrusa and say for Yuchsin, he says, Aini donin lo nardai. But the truth of the matter is that we learn say for uh, Yuchsin, but not with people from Lud or Nahardal. So thanks for asking, but happens to be that uh, we have a policy about Lud it's not a good idea. We see actually two Pshatim and Rashi um, why that might be. It either might be that he was just trying to deflect them, or it might be that those people uh, were haughty. Uh, that, the first thing I said is not in Rashi, but the idea is that he was trying to deflect them, either because those people considered that they had some sort of haughtiness and they didn't want to learn with them, or maybe because they were all Baalei Tshuva and they were never mentioned in any of the Sefer Yuchsin, it would be embarrassing to them. Be that as it may, he didn't want to learn with him in this Chavrusa. And you've got a, two strikes against you, right? You're from Lud and you live in Narada, so I'm definitely not learning Sefer Yuchsin with you. So, but... You know, Rav Simlai knew that you just have to keep pressing and the Rebbe could never say no for so long and he pressured Rabbi Yochanan and in, in the end Rabbi Yochanan relented. So Amalei, Nisni B'Shloshi Yarchi. So Rav Simlai had an idea. This guy was really ambitious. He said, let's learn Sefer Yuchsin in the course of three months. Uh, so at this point, Shakal Kala Pasuk Beis. Rabbi Yochanan took a piece of earth and threw it at his face. <laughs> Why? Amalei, Rabbi Yochanan said, Uma Bruria the Visu de Rabbi Meir, there she is, Bruria, the famous wife of Rabbi Meir, Barte de Rabbi Hanani ben Tradion, the daughter of Hanani ben Tradion, who was right, tragically killed in Sarugim Malchus with the Sefer Torah wrapped around all this. The Tanya Klas Meash Maisus Abiyoma, Bruria herself, right, she always wanted to learn. She was a Tamil Chacham, but she couldn't learn like the classic, like Nashim Nazikin Sugyas, because she. Right, was not allowed into the base medrash in that way. So she would go to Chachamim and learn three hundred halachas a day. They said, you know, girls learn halacha. They don't learn. Uh, they don't learn lamdus. They don't learn ktsos and, and chaims. So fine. So she learned three hundred halachas a day. Mitlas mea rabasa from three hundred different um, 
Rebbeim a day. So she said, you know what, I'll cap it at 300 halachas, and she would go to 300. So she, you do the math, it's like, I don't know, nine, what is it, 90,000. She learned a lot of halachas every day. And when she took to the task of learning, say, for Yuxin, it took her three years. So he's saying, even Buria, who's a tremendous Tamil Chacham, took her three years. You're going to want to do it in three months? So, so in the end, Kishakil Ve'azil, so Rav Simlai realized this wasn't happening anymore, so he was leaving. So Amar so Rabbi Yochanan said, so he said to him, Rebbe, so now he's going to interact with him a different way and say, So as his parting word, what was the topic he decided to discuss? Unbelievably, our Mishnah, of all things. I have to say for Yuchzin, the next choice was this idea, what's the difference between Shalol Lishmo, Mishalol Lishmo and Ochlov Shalol Ochlov. So to that, Rabbi Yochanan responded, Since you're a nice young yeshiva bachar, you know what, and you ask nicely, I'll tell you, right? When you bring a Korban Lishma, or not Lishma, that affects the entire Korban. But Ochlov Shalol Ochlov, that only affects, uh, right, the individuals in your Chaburah. Right? If you're saying it's Lishma or not Lishma, then you can't tell because that affects the entire Korban again. But if you're saying, uh, if you're offering for those who can eat it, those who can eat it, you can identify which part of the Korban is in fact not Lachila. Where the Korban Lishma is something that affects it at any one of the four parts of the Avodah. But for eating, we say, as Rashi explains, that's only with regards to the Shechita, not to the all four components of the Zerika Saddam. And Lishma and Lishma, it affects the Korban Tzibur just like a Korban Yachid. And it only invalidates a Korban Pesach with a Chabura. In other words, Tzibur V'yachid is something, right, that, that has nothing to do with Ochlov and Shalol Ochlov. It has to do with Lishma. But Ochlov, Shalol Ochlov, this whole idea of that some people who are eating and some people aren't eating, so Tzibur doesn't matter. Korban Yachid doesn't matter. It only matters with regards to Pesach because it has that very unique aspect of the Chaburah to which Ravashi says, P'sul B'gufa V'yifshalavari Suro, Chad HaMil Sahid. In other words, the first two things that we said that you can't tell which part of the Korban is referring to, that's the same thing as saying it's Chad Isser, an Isser Guf of the Korban because that is the Lishma which affects the entire Korban itself. So we stop here, eight lines up from the bottom on Samach Beis Amad Beis.